Attention, you're listening to the Todd Huff Radio Show, America's home for conservative, not bitter talk radio. Be advised that the content of this program has been documented to prevent and even cure liberalism, and listening may cause you to lean to the right. Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Huff. That is right, my friends. Here you are tuned in to America's Home for Conservative Not Better Talk. I am your host, Todd Huff. By the way, I have a question. I actually have a couple of statements to make. We're going to talk a little bit about this situation with the would-be assassin. I, don't, I mean, this is just what we're dealing with today. The would-be assassin of Justice Brett Kavanaugh. I want to start off by pointing out that a radical leftist with a gun has declared war on our democracy. This is how it works, right? I mean, this is the way we're supposed to talk about these things. War on democracy, war on democracy. Well, if you're going to try to assassinate try to assassinate a Supreme Court Justice of the United States of America, um, I think that that could be declared if the media and the other members of the radical left would be consistent, they would recognize that this is a an act of war against our democracy. I mean, if Trump making his speech, and by the way, we're going to do some comparing and contrasting on today's program, some comparing and contrasting with some of the violence that has been called for by leftists, and then compare and contrast that with Trump's speech on January 6th of twenty one. But a radical leftist with a gun has declared war on our democracy. I don't know how else to say it if we're going to be consistent. Also, I think it's worth pointing out that good guys with guns stopped a bad guy with a gun. That's what happened. I don't know if you – this story. So basically um, this suspect, this would-be assassin allegedly – um, was upset. I'm reading here from an article. Let's see, where where's this one? I've read so many things on this today. Washington Examiner is what I'm looking at here. I'm going to read a poll quote from this. Um, I don't say these maniacal madmen's names. So the suspect, we're just going to call him the delusional evil suspect here, told the detective that he was upset about the leak of a recent Supreme Court draft decision regarding the right to abortion as well as the recent school shooting in Uvalde, Texas, according to the FBI. The delusional evil would-be assassin, allegedly, indicated that the justice that he intended to kill would side with Second Amendment decisions that would loosen gun control laws. This continues, deciding if I want to read this part of the statement yet or not. Again, I'm citing, I'm, I'm referencing quotes from the FBI regarding this delusional evil would-be alleged assassin here. He stated to the FBI that he, this would-be delusional evil alleged assassin, began thinking about how to give his life a purpose. Oh my goodness. Just... As you read this, keep in mind that the House of Representatives yesterday passed gun control measures, gun raising 
the age of, we'll go through all this, but raising the age, uh, minimum age requirement for purchasing um, an assault, well, no, so forgive me, that's the talking point, semi-automatic rifle, and I think the number of uh, rounds that can be held in a magazine. So this, just remember, the, the folks who act like pointing out the evil intentions of these people, this completely morally bankrupt way of, of looking at life in the world, as you read this, I just I want you to ask yourself what laws, what laws would have stopped this would-be assassin from doing what he did? And I guess I should have started by saying what happened was this would-be delusional evil alleged assassin got into a cab and was taken outside of Brett Kavanaugh's house at dropped off at like 1.05 a.m., something like that. He had a backpack and a suitcase or briefcase, something like this. And he had all kinds of things in this, uh, uh, in these, in, in the back ca- backpack and the suitcase. And his plan was to basically break into the house, kill Kavanaugh, and, I mean, according to reports, um, and then kill himself. Faces a maximum of 20 years in prison here, I'm looking looking at here, if he is uh, convicted. So he gets dropped off. He has all sorts of things, including, I'm presuming a hand. I don't know if I've seen this definitively yet, but I'm, I, here, here it is. A man armed with a Glock pistol and other uh, weapons was arrested near Brett Kavanaugh's Chevy Chase, Maryland home. Chevy Chase, by the way, on the north and west side of D.C., that's actually this is actually quite near to when I was in DC. I was in uh, attended American University. It's not far. In fact, it might. I think it's just a few um, blocks from Tinley Town, American University, before you get into Chevy Chevy Chase. It's not very far. I don't know exactly where Brett Kavanaugh's home is. Although we could look on the map that was released by the Ruth. Is it called Ruth sent us, that poor abortion group? They're the ones that, I mean, all the pieces of the puzzle are falling together here. How did this would-be delusional, evil, alleged assassin, Brett Kavanaugh, how did he find the residence? Well, because he probably found it from, they said he found it online, presumably through that group, Ruth sent us, the pro-abortionist group, um, if not directly from them, from people who forwarded and shared that information. So that's out there. And I'm as I think about this, and as we explore this today, ask yourself, what laws, what, what laws would have stopped this? What law would have stopped this? Maryland is not the most gun-friendly state in the country. In fact, this would-be evil, delusional, alleged assassin is from California. California, Maryland, so, so far as I understand it, does not have... Um, reciprocity laws. They don't. They don't recognize. So far as I can tell from the NRA's website, they don't recognize other states' concealed carry permits. And unless this guy had a permit in Maryland, which he didn't, he shouldn't have been carrying a pistol. So you could say, in that sense, he was carrying a weapon that should have not been on his body. So I guess you could say his body was a gun-free zone in the state of Maryland. That didn't 
hold up. I mean, you look at all this stuff. To me, this needs to be hammered home as we're talking about these these issues. A man from California comes in with some weapons, all sorts of weird stuff in his backpack and his suitcase. I saw a list. I'll probably find it during the break, a list of some of these things. Here it is. Um, Glock 17 pistol with two magazines and ammunition, pepper spray, zip ties, a hammer, screwdriver, nail punch, crowbar, pistol light, duct tape, hiking boots with padding on the outside of the soles, and other items. Again, his plan was to break in to take Justice Brett Kavanaugh into his custody and kill him. And why? Why was he going to do this? Well, as I was sharing with you a moment ago, he said that he began thinking, this is a quote from the FBI, this evil, delusional madman, alleged assassin here, would be alleged assassin, stated that he began thinking about how to give his life a purpose and, of course, how... (laughs) Just that sentence alone... How to give his life a purpose means to kill a sitting justice of the Supreme Court. Who thinks like that? Folks, you think about some of the things. We think about some of the things that have been said in this nation about Brett Kavanaugh, about the positions that Brett Kavanaugh takes as as it pertains to decisions. Not just Kavanaugh, but others as well. But we know Kavanaugh um, was gone after, I guess you could say, I, that that whole confirmation process was uh, completely um, – it that would turn people against Kavanaugh in and of itself. Well, Todd, it's because he's a rapist. In fact, I actually had someone from the ever-so-understanding-and-loving left actually tweet one time, <laughs> let the record show, because of the things I've said about Kavanaugh, which I, basically I was comparing the Kavanaugh hearing with uh, – Tanji Brown, uh, her, her hearing, and I said, because they said, you know, the left said, the media said that any questions of her were racist effectively, and I compared and contrasted the handling, the way the Republicans handled um, Ms. Brown and the way that the Democrats handled Kavanaugh. And, of course, I was called a defender of rapists for, for doing that. doesn't matter. doesn't matter if there is... Uh, evidence. It doesn't matter that no one was tried, convicted, charged, any of that. He's just a rapist because someone on MSNBC declared that he was. And if you say otherwise or simply say it hasn't been proven, you're a defender of rapists, apparently. Again, I would say this is the way that they think, except for it has nothing to do with thinking. It has everything to do with emotion, everything to do with hatred and disdain and the frenzy that they've been worked up worked into, I should say, by the leaders in the radical left by today's media. So this guy thought that he would, well, kill the Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh, giving his life a purpose. And so he decided that he would kill, this is an FBI quote, by the way, kill Supreme Court Justice Kavanaugh, it doesn't say that there, but Kavanaugh, after finding the Justice's Montgomery County address on the internet. It doesn't say this, but courtesy of the Ruth Sintest radical pro-abortionist group. 
this maniacal, evil, madman, would-be alleged assassin here further indicated, I'm reading this quote from the FBI, that he had purchased the Glock pistol and the other items for the purpose of breaking into the justice's residence and killing the justice as well as himself. But what happened? There was security outside. And why was there security? Well, there's security because, thankfully, thankfully people have realized that um, these justices have been targeted. Their homes have been targeted. And so security stopped this individual, detained him. You could say, as I said off the top, a good guy, or I think there were two, a couple of good guys with guns, stopped a bad, a bad guy with a gun. I mean, if this, if this can't be made any clearer, here's an example of precisely something happening the left tells us never happens, right? Think, think about the things the left tells us. They tell us that walls don't work, although I will tell you here I am yet again inside my home studio. The walls worked again last night. They've worked all day today. When I came to the studio, I went through a door. I didn't just walk through the wall. It's an amazing thing. It's an amazing thing to think how much these walls have actually worked. The building I'm in was built about 20 years ago, maybe maybe even 22 years ago, right around 2000. Walls have worked ever since that time. I mean, it's remarkable. No one's ever walked through the walls. No one's even tried to pull a George Costanza and go through the window. Everyone has used the door. It's remarkable. So they tell us walls don't work. They tell us good guys with guns never stop bad guys with guns. Here is a exact perfect example of people whose job it was, thankfully, to protect this particular justice from radicals, from a radical. This guy is a radical. There were all sorts of gun laws, at least a couple. Let's say, let's say a couple of gun laws were broken because this guy wasn't even supposed to be able to have a Glock. Who would have thought? Who would have thought criminals? Criminals actually not obeying the law. Who would have thought that? It's already against the law to break and enter, break in and enter, which he was planning to do. It's against the law to carry a Glock pistol in the state of Maryland, which is where this was, even though it's Metro DC, it's in Maryland. Against the law to do this without a permit, he did not have it. This guy was even from another state, the state of California, which, I mean, let that speak for what it will. But so there's laws there. Um, he was planning on murdering laws against that. And based upon some of the things he was carrying, he might have, who knows, he might have tortured this. I have no idea what this guy was precisely planning to do beyond just simply, ultimately, uh, taking the life of a Supreme Court justice, thereby declaring war on our democracy. I mean, if we're going to use the left's logic and the left's terminology, I actually think I actually think the way that I used war on democracy is much more appropriate than the way that they use it against Republicans. I think the way that we framed a good guy with a gun stopping a bad guy with a gun is much more logical and obvious. Case in point, right here before our very eyes, what happened when security stopped the bad guy with the gun and Maryland had gun laws and other laws that were in the process of being broken if this guy had had his way. Thankfully, he did not have his way. Anyway, going to take a break. 
going to take a quick time out, come back, continue talking about this. There's, there's other things I want to get to as well. But this, my friends, is, is humongous news. Absolutely humongous news. Now let's start, in the next segment we'll start doing that. Let's look at some of the rhetoric. Let's look at some of the things that have been said by the likes of Chuck Schumer, for example. Let's look at some of these comments. Let's look at what some could certainly say may even be a threat. And then we'll even go a step further. We'll compare the comments made by the radical left as it pertains to the current justices sitting on the Supreme Court. We'll compare that to the rhetoric of Donald J. Trump, January 6, 2021, the same rhetoric that's going to be part of this January 6th commission. The irony here is, is just too much to comprehend. It just It is. We have this January 6th commission who's trying to politicize whatever they think they can get out of the January 6th event, and it's right here for anybody that wants to make the comparison. Are Trump's words more or less likely, more, more uh, inflammatory than what we hear from liberals and from the radical left and the media pertaining to people like Kavanaugh? We're going to play it. I'll let you decide for yourself, as we always do on this program. It's the media that expects people that listen to their mindless drivel to follow like mindless drones. We do not. We know you have a brain of your own and that you are fully capable of using it. Just be careful. Listening to this program can certainly cause you to lean to the right, so be careful if you're operating heavy machinery driving a vehicle today as you're listening to this program. Quick time out, my friends. Back here in just a minute. Welcome back, my friends. Again, going through, going through this reported incident of Brett Kavanaugh being the target of justice, Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh being the target of a radical leftist with a gun who is hell-bent on overturning and destroying our democracy. I don't know how else to say it. I'm just using the terms of the radical left. Of course, we already pointed out that a good guy or a couple of good guys with guns stopped a bad guy with guns, allegedly a bad guy. Um, So we're going to talk about this, and we're going to look at rhetoric surrounding this. Now, the First Amendment is an important thing. We have to be able to preserve the freedom of, of speech. We have to be able to allow people, give people complete freedom to make, to present their ideas, especially ideas that pertain to the way that government interacts with people, worldviews, ideologies, and those that sort of stuff. It, it shouldn't be limited anywhere, but it's the, these issues worldview, political ideology, politics, and all that. These, these issues impact our lives incredibly. Um, well, they have an incredible impact on our lives. And so it's important that we respect the God-given right. This doesn't come from government. This is a God-given right that is recognized by government that says we should allow, we should respect the right given by God. I shouldn't say allow. We should respect the right given by God to people to communicate their ideas, beliefs, etc. So, so that is important. And so we're talking about 
political things, and sometimes political rhetoric can get highly charged. I understand that. Whenever, however, we are subjected to this... I'm just uh, the witch hunt that has been against Donald Trump for a lot. I don't even care what you think about Trump. You don't have, I don't demand that you like him. I certainly don't, uh, I, well, I certainly liked a lot of what Trump did and thought that his fighting spirit was precisely what some of this evil crap that's happening in our government needs. If I'm being candid with you, I don't, I don't fall into the crowd that, uh, you know, almost semi-worships him. I, I know that there are people like that. There are people who just really think he does a good job, and then there's there's some people who maybe take it a little too far. I, I'm just saying that it doesn't matter to me what your perspective of Trump is at the moment. If Trump decides to win, we might, well, we'll definitely talk about that again. But here's here's my problem, is that when Trump says words, I mean, the, the impact is profound, our democracy is, if you listen to the left, is on the verge of being destroyed. We're barely able to get through Trump using words. However, if it's a leftist using words, be it Chuck Schumer, be it Joy Reid, who is, um, well, what do you want to, talk show host I was I, not journalist she works at MSNBC I'm not sure that journalism is really even allowed there but she um she uses words I use words but you I use words I would say pretty responsibly I I try to be fair to other perspectives even perspectives I vehemently disagree with and there's a reason for that I want people who don't necessarily agree fully with with what I'm saying to at least understand that I'm taking the time to try to present their viewpoints at least fairly before we annihilate it whenever we d- dissect it and, di- and discuss it. Um, but it's not, never personal for me. It's never personal for me. It really isn't. Um, now, if I find someone like Joy Reid, who I think is a professional deceiver and a sophist um, and someone who is, well... I don't think she has uh, – I think her intentions are to get a political outcome she wants more than anything else. That's that's what I think. Or to to patronize a certain group of people that need to hear some of this radically leftist um, gibberish every day. But she tweets this out. She tweets this out regarding Brett Kavanaugh. And this – I'm looking here – I should give credit where credit is due. Glenn Greenwald, he is a journalist, he's an author, um, co-founder of The Intercept, columnist. He is, he's the one that basically started tweeting out some of these things that she has been tweeting out. So, Joy Reid tweeted out, of course, keep in mind what's happened here. We had the leaked Supreme Court ruling, which who did that? We know, we know. Without a shadow of a doubt, the left did it. We know it was either a clerk. That's the most likely explanation. And there's only a handful of clerks per justice. So if there's four leftist justices and they each have four clerks, there's 16 primary suspects. And I'm sorry, I have to also 
uh, point out, or did I say four? There's, I guess there's three leftist justices now. Um, so 12 plus, plus, <laughs> plus possibly the Supreme Court justice themselves, himself or herself. So that was done. And believe me, and you know this, they wanted to stir the pot. They wanted to throw gasoline on the fire before this decision was officially released by the Supreme Court. They were hoping, and if you go back to the episode that I talked about this after, right after it happened, you will have heard me say that they are hoping for a defection from one of the five justices that were prepared, it appeared, still appears, that they were poised and prepared to potentially overturn the Roe decision. And they were hoping for a similar result that happened when Chief Justice John Roberts changed his vote on Obamacare back in 2000, whenever that was, that particular case. Um, that, that's what they had hoped for. They wanted, they wanted the pro, so-called protest. It's not a, if it's, it's not a protest if you're trying to intimidate a justice. That's not a protest. That, my friends, is an act of political coercion. It's the beginnings of, um, of a type of, well, I mean, political intimidation is not the same thing as expressing one's opinion, trying to persuade people, trying to articulate a position. This was done to intimidate, persuade. The Ruth sent us group, released the addresses of these folks on a map. They all but said, in fact, they may have called for it. I don't remember. I'd have to go back and look. But they've, they've stoked the fire. They've given people directions to where these justices live. And... I'm going to be responsible here and say they didn't directly call for someone to come with a gun, but they put together all of the necessary ingredients. Highly, highly emotional language, and I want to read this tweet by Joe, uh, Morning Joy, Joy Reed. She says this, this tweet, just wait till not just abortion-inducing drugs, but also birth control bill, pills, beers, Kavanaugh, isn't the only one who calls them abortifacients, are rendered as illegal as Schedule One are narcotics. Y'all think these Christian nationalists are playing on theocracy? They're not. They're not playing. They, she's basically saying that uh, Christians are trying to make America a theocracy. And she's saying Kavanaugh, Kavanaugh here, she calls him out by name, is not just um, coming after abortion drugs, but also coming after birth control. Now, I'm not saying that that in and of itself is inciting violence, but what Glenn Greenwald here is pointing out and what we're going to go through here in the next segment is I'm going to compare that, that language and the language of Chuck Schumer, which I'll have to play after the break. It's only Actually, it's a 10-second clip. Yeah, I'm going to play it after the break. I just don't have it pulled up here. But Chuck Schumer... And others, there's others, other examples as well. I want to play these things. I want to play his soundbite. I read you the, this tweet. And then I want to read Donald Trump's uh, words from January 6th when he spoke. And this is at BBC.com. BBC, this was back in February of 2021. They went through and basically tried to articulate why these words incited violence. If Donald Trump's words incited violence and was not simply an exercise of free political speech, then 
Folks, these words that are spoken by Schumer and even by Joy Reid are much, much more um, incendiary. At least Chuck Schumer's are. This one may be left to be determined, but if the media is consistent, then wouldn't they say telling Americans that Brett Kavanaugh and the Supreme Court is coming after their birth control pills and are in the process of making the United States of America a Christian theocracy, then surely that could constitute an attack on our democracy as well following the, well, very incoherent logic of the radical left. But we'll talk about that on the other side of the break, my friends. Sit tight. Back here in just a minute. Welcome back, my friends. Just exploring the way that radical leftists with guns are trying to overturn our democracy here in 2022. And, of course, reminding you each and every segment that good guys with guns stopped a bad guy with a gun. Allegedly. Allegedly. Um, last, I guess it would have been two nights ago now, outside Brett Kavanaugh's home. And, of course, why did the person end up there to assassinate, allegedly, the Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh? Um, brought, I mean, all kinds of stuff in a suitcase and a backpack. Carried a handgun illegally, which I thought would prevent that from happening. I'm just, I, I'm just amazed. I, I thought criminals followed the law. I, I mean... I'm just, I don't know what to tell you. These laws didn't work. The only thing that worked, when when there was a man who was trying to kill a Supreme Court justice of the United States and overturn our democracy, the only thing that stopped that from happening were two good guys with guns. I, I, I mean, I who would have thought? I'm, the left tells us this never happened, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, so I want to talk about the language here. I want to talk about inciting violence. I want to compare and contrast this with um, what's been said about Kavanaugh, what's been done by this group, uh, Ruth for, uh, what is it, Ruth sent us, uh, this radical pro-abortionist group who's telling people where Supreme Court justices live, all this sort of stuff. So I want to play first here a soundbite. It's a very short soundbite. Very short soundbite from Senator Chuck Schumer. Senator, actually, Senate, let's just go ahead and give him his full title, his position of authority in the Senate. He's the majority leader. He's the spokesperson for, for the radical left. He's the one that is in control of what happens. He's controlling the Democrats in the Senate. And yes, I mean controlling when I use... Uh, that language regarding Chuck Schumer. So he's he's the one. He's the one who's the main guy. He's the one with all of the uh, primary authority here. Chuck Schumer. So this is this goes back in time. This is at a rally outside the Supreme Court of the United States back in 2020. This is back when it's in June of, well, no. I don't know if I have the date of the rally. But this is Chuck Schumer yelling at Kavanaugh and I think Gorsuch and I don't know if he's whose all names he invokes here. But I want you to listen to this. He tells them that they, the Supreme Court justices, have released the world a whirlwind, 
conservative Supreme Court justices, and they will pay the price. Pay what price? Senator Schumer, what are you talking about, pay the price? If Trump's language on January 6th incited a riot, I don't, I mean, this is much more incendiary in my estimation, especially when you take in the tone and the actions. You can't see what he's doing here. Chuck Schumer, he's trying to, he's putting on a performance. But the thing is, if we're going to use the same lens, the same criteria to judge Donald J. Trump that we use to judge Chuck Schumer, I think any fair-minded person would say this is worse than what President Trump said. By maybe magnitudes, listen to this. I want to tell you, Gorsuch, I want to tell you, Kavanaugh, you have released the whirlwind and you will pay the price. I love the, I love those What is that? Come on. I mean, there's like 14 people here, it sounds like. I'm going to they, they, Chuck Schumer says, have released the whirlwind and you will pay the price. Well, what price? Wait a minute. These aren't elected officials. Well, Ka- Schumer is, but Kavanaugh is not, and neither is Gorsuch, even though Schumer's butchered that name. Gorsuch, you will pay the price. Woo! Right? This is the kind of nonsense we got to deal with here. Pay what price? They're not going back and being elected. This is a lifetime appointment. What, how, how do they pay? A pr- what price are they going to pay? What are you saying here, Chuck Schumer? What are you calling for here, Chuck Schumer? I mean, I want to know. Explain this to us, Senator Chuck Schumer. Compare this and contrast this with what Donald Trump said outside, well, in D.C. on January 6th of 2021. He told the those in attendance that we won this election and we won it by a landslide. Oh, man, that was only BBC here. So that was just three minutes into the speech. Three minutes into the speech, he's saying these things. He says, we will stop the steal. Oh, my goodness. Where are we going with this? Look, I understand. (laughs) Folks, I understand that there are concerns um, as to how people will react when they think a government has stolen an election. I get that. But you know what else is true? (laughs) If there's evidence which there is evidence. You can say there's not enough, but to say there's no evidence is to not to understand what the word evidence means. There is absolutely evidence that some bad things happened on election day 2020. Maybe it wasn't enough. Maybe it's a whole bunch. But the bottom line is they won't even let people talk about it. And they say simply by bringing this up that Trump is the one that was trying to start a riot. Well, if what he was saying was true... Wouldn't it be accurate to say that the people who did that would be the ones who incited a riot? Chuck Schumer is saying that Kavanaugh and Gorsuch, as he said, are going to pay the price. <laughs> There's the only pro- I mean, what price? The price of not being able to sleep in your home. I'm reminded of Maxine Waters a couple of years ago telling us not to let the Trump administration eat in peace. Sounds like it's right out of the Maxine Waters playbook. If you think Trump's speech on January 6th was inciting a riot, you should think that Chuck Schumer's speech, Joy Reid's tweets, and other things being said and done by the radical left pertaining to what what led up to Kavanaugh having someone try to kill him in his home just a little bit over 24 hours ago certainly would constitute as such as well. Quick time out, my friends. Back in just a minute. <laughs> Uh, 
Welcome back, my friends. Let's compare and contrast this really quickly in the time we have remaining here. Again, I've read a couple of sound bites, or I should say quotes, from Trump's speech in Washington, D.C., January 6, 2021. He says, we won this election by a, uh, and we won it by a landslide. My goodness, that's got people fired up. Three minutes into his speech, BBC says, we will stop the steal. We will never give up. We will never concede. It doesn't happen. That's what Trump says. January 6th, if you don't fight like hell, this is the closest thing you could possibly say. But again, the the context here is to fight like hell, as he says, to save your country, which does not mean he's calling people to storm the Capitol. This is a very familiar, very common phrase that's used in politics. Peacefully, he says, peacefully and patriotically make, make your voices heard. I mean, nothing says go riot and storm the Capitol like that, does it? And what about this? We're going to the Capitol. Compare and contrast that with, oh, here's addresses of Supreme Court justices of the United States. Why don't you go to their houses and try to intimidate them into making the decisions that you want them to make? I didn't hear Chuck Schumer say anything about peacefully and patriotically doing anything. He said Kavanaugh and Gorsuch are going to... Pay the price. What the world does that mean? Pay the price. I would understand if they were political. Um, they they had they were in politics. They're not in politics. They have a lifetime. They have a lifetime appointment to the Supreme Court. What price do they have to pay, Senator Schumer? I would love. You know what? If we had true journalism in this world, a journalist would ask him that. What do you mean by paying the price? What price does a Supreme Court justice have to pay once they're on the Supreme? I mean. If it's before the the confirmation hearings, are you trying to intimidate them to say we're going to make your life a living hell? Is that what you're saying? But th- this is that's not how that's supposed to to happen. And maybe it's how the left looks at it, but that's not the way it's supposed to happen. Compare and contrast these all day to Trump. And this we've got a whole commission. So we've had two impeachments for Trump and now we've got a full commission looking into whether or not he incited a riot. Meanwhile, we have shenanigans that literally lead to a deranged, evil person, allegedly, planning to conduct an assassination of Brett Kavanaugh. Two guys with a gun, good guys with a gun, stopped a bad guy with a gun, prevented this evildoer from overthrowing our democracy and and killing, God forbid, killing a duly nominated and approved, confirmed Supreme Court justice. And I mean, we we live, my friends, in a complete and utter fantasy world when the left is at the helm. Quick timeout, back in just a minute. Welcome back, my friends. Unfortunately, that is all the time that we have today. I wish I, I told Oz during one of the breaks that I could. Today's one of those days, and I feel like this most days, but we could continue this for hours today. I mean, everything that they tell us, the left tells us about everything. That's a little hyperbole there, a lot of hyperbole. But so many things of what they tell us that they believe and that are true are exposed just in this one incident alone. We went through those. You can go back and listen to the program. If you didn't catch the full program, you can always listen to it as a podcast. Just search the Todd Huff Show on Apple podcast or wherever you listen to podcasts gotta go sdgc tomorrow take care